CEO Ian Fraser of Fathom Nickel joins me today. He's here to discuss the upcoming drill program that they released news on here today, January 16th, 2024. Uh, just announcing details on their Albert Lake and Goshagar Lake properties. Due to start in just a couple weeks' time, hotly anticipated 4,500 meters split roughly between the two. I won't, kinda, I won't step on Ian's toes too much here. We have lots to discuss here, and I just thought this was a good time to get him back on the show and just pick his brain on what this drill program is hoping to accomplish. Ian, it's good to see you again. How are you today? Doing well, Matthew. The doors have finally thawed out, and uh, it's actually okay to get out and walk the dogs now. <laughs> yeah, That's... no, we still have we have a decent amount of ice build up here. We're 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 two prairie boys here, to to uh, yeah, flyover provinces with some kind of cold weather the last couple of days here. Um, but we're not here to talk about the weather. We'll let leave that to meteorologists, I suppose. Right? Uh, why don't no, we get is. in? Why don't we get into it, right? Uh, Ian, so Ian has a, a bit of a visual package here too that will kind of help this conversation and spur, spur some discussion. But, you know, Ian, if you wanted to bring that up and I'll just kind of introduce the first question here. And I think probably the easiest place to start is, you know, you, you've got two properties, two huge properties. And, and, you know, if you followed along with the story, there's been a lot of, you know, geophysical analysis and, and sort of and, and work going on prior to drilling. Here we are now, though, this is going to be a momentous drill campaign. Do you want to just, Ian, just provide an overview? I mean, how many targets are you going to be drilling out? And maybe just one by one, you know, kind of introduce them to us, you know, kind of first date style, if you don't mind, right? How many holes do you anticipate hitting? The depth of those holes, true depth versus drill length. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of spur you as we have to for, for additional information, but do you just want to kind of introduce their primary targets to us? Uh, just Albert Lake specific or, or? Yeah, we'll start We'll start with Albert Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, uh, you know, Coachagher, we're, we're still working through that, but, um, you know, area, I think everybody's aware of this target that has resulted from the 2023 surface uh, time domain electromagnetic survey that we did. And it has defined a pretty robust conductor. And uh, the beautiful thing about it is uh, it coincides very, very nicely with a, with a gravity feature. And it happens to be positioned on the eastern flank of this incredible uh, multi-element soil anomaly that we have. And furthermore, it's located right along strike with the very, very famous and very high grade, albeit very small production, Rotten Stone Mine. You know, there's really nothing else to do than bring in the truth machine, get the drill going, and find out what the heck is causing this density, this um, conductivity. I, we, you know, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that that's not 450 meters or 550 meters of massive graphite. Uh, you know, graphite's a tremendous conductor, and it's not massive. So it, it's it's mineralization of the type to be determined. So that's that's pretty exciting when everything's kind of lined up and. As I said, it's uh, we, we've done everything we can do. It, it's time to drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing left to do but the truth machine. So why don't we? This is a good segue. Do you mind? We'll in. I'll pause here if we have to. But do you want to bring up your uh, just bring up the, the PowerPoint that we have kind of cobbled together here, Ian? I'll just ask you to kind of just highlight the couple of the your targets here from here. Yeah. Okay. Well, this this um, uh, you know this is a bit of a compilation here. Um, it's important to 
you know, realize the location of the rotten stone deposit. And so this is, you know, we, we were able to put it back together again, based on some of the, you know, not a lot of great historic data, but some of our own drilling and uh, some of the drill records that we do have, we, we, we put a shape to it. And now that we have defined this feature down here, the, the blue plate, I mean, this was a preliminary model. It won't have changed much, but, you know, we're seeing this zone of conductivity that we've recognized over five 100 meter space lines. And it's very strong. It's a heck of a lot stronger than the, uh, the Bay Island trend. And, and here too, you know, the, the VTEM um, sees a little bit and certainly the air tem did not but when we got on the ground this really jumped out and there's a couple other images that we can look at here matthew that just sort of shows the uh, the boldness of it the robustness of this uh, of this feature so yeah i mean this again this is great you know we we've, we've you know the the gold um, iso shells here this is you know a function of gravity inversions. So instead of just viewing this thing as a 2D plan map, the plate of the uh, of the EM conductor, the, the blue plate that you see there, that is actually, you know, the very top edge of that is somewhere 350 to 375 meters below surface. So it's not at surface. You know, the modeling is telling us that it's probably suppressed a minimum of 350 to 375 meters below surface. The gravity, again, you know, it's sort of approximately 300 meters down. There's something that's a bit more dense than the surrounding country rock. Uh, so again, <laughs> one remaining thing to do, and that's uh, bring the drill in and, and find out what this thing is. And, and there are other targets. Uh, I mean, I, I think what I, you know, if you want me to just ramble on here, Matthew, maybe I'll go to the next slide and, and just, you know, stay focused on this particular target. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's complete this one. Yeah. This is, I think this is okay. what people are excited to, to hear about too, right? So. Yeah. So I was having a bit of fun with this today. Um, you know, this is again, something my colleague, uh, uh, Dr. Peter Lightfoot put together and you know, the pink being the granites, the tonalites, that being the, uh, you know, the, the very, very stiff rock. It doesn't uh, really allow for uh, magmas to penetrate. And, and these metasedimentary rocks, these uh, yellow rocks, or this uh, uh, yellow configuration. So these are the, the sediments by nature. You know, they're layered. They've been folded and they've been faulted, but they do provide pretty good conduits for magmas to move around in, in, in between contacts and this sort of thing. And, you know, we do recognize, uh, in fact, Vanessa's done a wonderful job of coming up with some structural interpretation just based on the pattern of the soil anomaly. Hmm. Um, and, and Dr. Larry Hulbert has done some work and he's recognized that this is very, very structurally complex down in this area based on the mag. And, and I think it's safe to say, and Rottenstone is a perfect example, that there was a large magmatic event that has since been busted up by the technonism that's taken place 
post the emplacement of this mineralized ultramafic magma. So these things are, you know, they're now broken apart and they're, they're forming these individual enclaves, these individual boudins, um, and, but they all come from a common source. And so it's, you know, it's important that we don't lose sight of that, that there is potentially a very, very large, I think our last discussion, we threw out the term mother rotten stone, but, you know, for this argument, let's let's just say this particular boot in here and this rectangle that you see here, that is the EM plate as defined by the 2023 TDM survey. This polygon here, I've just dropped that on there. And, you know, this is very, very conceptual, but this is the gravity feature. So what we're going to do is we're going to target the leading edge of this, the, I should say the top edge of the, um, the EM plate, which is estimated to be about 350 to 375 meters below surface. It has a slightly shallow dip to the northwest, which I think is a good thing because if it was steep, and and very very conformable with the uh, the interpreted geology, then we're faced with potentially something that's formational, and that's a bit of a red herring. So the fact that it appears based on the geophysical interpretation that it's slightly discordant to the geology is is a good thing. It's set up very very nicely. Um, you know, one one final point I might make is is this particular arrow here that Peter has put, and and again this this is a a pseudo cross section northwest to southeast. Let me just back up one slide so northwest to southeast, uh, and again you know Peter didn't have this when he created this uh, cross section, so I've kind of manipulated a little bit and said okay well let's put it right here, and this plate and this polygon is this plate and that polygon and this distance would be you know roughly 350 meters below surface so that is pole number one and um you know <laughs> this is the uh the sleepless night part of the uh the episode here where you um you know everybody gets excited uh we've done all our our homework we've done the studying it's time to sit down and see what the result is so and and we will uh you know again i mean geophysics it uh, you know it's not like i'm rhyming off a bunch of cliches here but uh you know it'll get you to the dance floor but it doesn't necessarily get you dancing so you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit fuzzy um you know in a perfect scenario boom we're into a mineralized ultramafic body but and, and you know this is where the borehole em comes in so if we you know happen to be you know i i, I fully anticipate that we are going to see uh individual intersections of ultramafic rock through the course of the drill hole i i, I just you know the, the more and more we drill out there you get these tiny little apophyses of ultramafic so i think we're going to see some ultramafic rock but you know, if, if we do intersect what we want to intersect, the borehole EM will 
give us an indication of, okay, do we want to go right? Do we want to go left? Do we want to go up? Do we want to go down? And if the first hole does not intersect a mineralized ultramafic body, and we don't explain the conductivity, then the borehole EM will say, well, it's 25 meters that way, it's mm-hmm. 25 meters that way, that way, or that way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's absolutely critical that we do the borehole EM exercise after the first hole. And then if we get into what we want to get into, so then the decision becomes, okay, well, you know, how many more holes do we want to put into this thing? Um, at, at this particular stage, because there are other targets that we would like to test as well. So these, these are all things that, uh, you know, decisions are made on the fly. And uh, those decisions will be made upon uh, seeing the first couple of drill holes. And that's always, I, mean, I think that, that that sort of very prescriptivist approach where, where it's an extremely strict two here, two there, two there, and, and never shall we ever change. That's, that's not the way that exploration works, right? It's a, by the nature of it, it's a fluid, a, a fluid, uh, enterprise or fluid fluid event but i guess if i may just you know based on based on where you stand now right this is so we're, we're still on our kind of our first target here it, it, i mean based on this conceptualization is it fair to say right now the plan is to you know if you've got five to seven holes you know 500 ish meters each four or 500 meters each five to seven holes that two are right now kind of budgeted for, for this target is, is that the idea oh absolutely yeah i i, I would say two to three and then you know, and these 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 holes are potentially up to 500 meters, and so you know, there's there's 1,500 meters right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it goes very quickly, uh, that potentially gives us a little bit more room in the kitty to do some additional holes and, and go past the sort of planned 2,000 meters that we we've got uh, sort of budgeted for. And then you know, and and budgets tend to be a bit fluid too, right? So you know, we we've We've come up uh, with a cost of what this is going to be, and uh, you know there's going to be variables in there. We actually, you know, we were able to secure use of a twin otter, so that's going to make our uh, dependency on the helicopter that much less. So that's a bonus. Um, and and again, if we if the contractor is uh, very very good at what they do, then uh, you know past drilling is is. Uh, lowers the cost essentially so we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do and I, I can't help but ask and again i know that this is you know we're, we're kind of playing imaginary how many angels dance on the head of a pin sort of questioning here but you know if if things are going gangbusters do you, would you even move the rig i mean if this is if this turns out to be what everybody kind of you know i think this is a shout out to megacop or i think this is his on on ceo there but uh, if this turns out to be something you know gorgeous do you even move? I mean, how much do you sacrifice trying to find other discoveries if you've if you've got that kind of capital D discovery here too? And if this is more of a kind of, like a, kind of a philosophical question, I guess at this point, right? But yeah, again, I mean that's uh, you know, I mean that would be a wonderful problem to be faced with, and um, you know. I think it's safe to say that uh, another rotten stone type intersection is a game changer, is potentially, you know, a company maker. I mean, these are all things that, you know, you strive for as a, as a junior explorer. And, 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 and I think that's one of the luxuries that uh, a junior explorer has is you can 
make some on fly on the fly decisions and and you're you know you're not uh, uh you're not restricted and and we do need to do something at Goshagar in in the winter time too so that that's going to be another sort of uh, uh controlling feature here is is with with the funds that we have raised um and again that could all change again upon success um but we we you know we want to make sure that we We've thoroughly tested this thing, uh, and there's a couple of other really good targets that I'd like to get to as well, and and then of course be able to uh, uh, have enough dough to go and do what we want to do at uh, at the Goshagger project as well. So, well, why don't we not to interrupt you here? Pardon me, but so let's 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 just keep going on Albert Lake here, right? We can kind of put Goshagger. We can chat about him and chat about that one in a second here, but. You know, let's assume, right? We we've got our first target here, and maybe we'll 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 skip visuals here again. But you know, let's assume that this one works out well, right? But you you decide that you want to move on. What's 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 number two, right? This is this is target number one. Where do you go next? Where is the rig moving to next? If you don't mind showing us. Yeah, well, that that's a, a really good question, and maybe uh, this helps answer that question, uh, Matthew. Um, so the middle slide. Um, this is the new grid that we're going to be doing as, as soon as we get the guys out there. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't put it in this presentation, but this, this is all, this area has been, you know, if, if I can use my cursor, uh, we have had individual EM grids that, well, it actually goes right off this particular image, but pretty much captures this entire area. And, you know, we, we've, you know, this particular bullseye right here, actually, that, that is the, um, uh, that is the Bay Island trend. So that is this area here that we have, you know, we drilled in 2021, 2022 and, and defined uh, uh, the 300 meters of mineralized hosted uh, or ultimate hosted mineralization. But this has popped out in one of those grids and this particular area is right in here on the uh, the west side, the northwest side of this particular peninsula. And this particular grid sees something building up and the lines were not extended over that peninsula, but we have a buildup of conductivity right in here. So we'll get this done, uh, but we're estimating seven to 10 days uh, to get this completed plus one other additional target that I can uh, show you on the very next slide. Um, and, and I really like this because here's Rottenstone. And we know with all the work that we've done is we have what we call the F fault, which is oriented sort of right across here. And it has a shallow dip to the northwest and the rotten stone deposit is in fault contact on the hanging wall side of this particular fault. So it, it, it suggests that it's been offset. There, there's probably a continuation of rotten stone at depth somewhere along the F fault. And the fact that we're starting to recognize all this conductivity in this area, 
excuse me, in this area, I'm very, very encouraged by because we have drilled holes out here on the on the on the Big Island back towards Rottenstone, and we're recognizing that conductivity was was building to depth. You know, we're we're looking forward to uh, getting this information, getting it quickly, and developing some drill targets in here. And also, this grid will <laughs> define the continuation of the plate that we're going to be testing in the first place because it's, uh, you know, the way that grid was organized and it was summertime, we couldn't uh, do any surveying on this particular body of water here. So we'll have the northward continuation of this very first drill target. And, you know, if I'm allowed to dream, and I do like to dream, if this very, very conductive feature which has a shallow dip off to the northwest, and if it's just continuing to get deeper and deeper, is this the foot wall offset of the rotten stone deposit? <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be something? Let's get drilling, eh? If, if I yeah, may, so. let's let's slide back. Sorry, to, again, don't mean to cut you off. Slide three. Why don't we head back to slide three? Because I think that's a decent transition just to help people kind of conceptualize where we are on this map. Because I think that's a, that's a good homepage. If, if I may, are we are we going to see Trombley Olson get tagged this this campaign? You know, I I'd like to drill a hole, but it all does depend on what we do here, and and I would like to prioritize this ahead of the uh, ahead of the Trombley Olson. You know, the, the ultramafic that we recognize on surface, which is on the south side of this uh, pond, nobody has drilled a hole from the ice towards the known mineralized ultramafic. And there's a, you know, there's a coincident grab, uh, a magnetic feature. And, you know, we do have some, some gravity hanging around here. So it, it's, it's a potential target as well. But it, it, um, it would probably be number three on the, uh, on the pecking order. And that that year you just you, you stole my next question right there for perfectly right. So I mean you can see there the blue plate priority one almost due north of there on the peninsula. You see that little kind of the, the semicircle blob. That's priority two, uh, priority three. As you say, if you get there right, I mean if things are going big gangbusters, then those two targets will probably soak up your meterage. But then and then yeah, Trombley Olson is kind of the the bronze medal right now for this for this season. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And mm -hmm. and so I think. This, there's an interesting question. I'm wondering on the fly here. Maybe you all just have to. Well, maybe we'll just focus on Albert Lake for this one, and you know, in a month's time or a month and a half time, when, when you've got more definitive content for for Goshager, we can we can have. I'll have you back on to chat about that campaign because they are sort of two discrete campaigns. But uh, there was somebody on on co.ca, and it's a good question, right? I mean, how? I mean, ultimately, the question is, and this is where I think after this one, we'll. I've got a couple of the kind of grab big questions for you, but. How big? Are, how big is this, right? I mean, this is big, right? Especially that the, the, your primary target is large, 500 meters. It goes off the map, right? And as, we, as we saw in our news release today here, that that you're actually it's not even completely mapped yet to the north. Um, but like, where, where? What's the in terms of sizing? In terms of what the potential is for for the size of a deposit? And I know this is all going to be extremely hypothetical because it's perspective, the ultimate perspective sort of conversation when you haven't even tagged it yet, but how big is this and how big could it get in terms of a, a sort of a potential deposit on its own? Yeah, that, that's, uh, I mean, that's a good question. And I respect that, uh, uh, people would like to know an answer to that. Um, 
yeah, you know, I, I've, you know, we, we, we know we've got conductivity over a minimum of 500 meters in strike, you know, so you can see here our grid lines, 100 meters spaced apart. And, you know, the, the width, you need, you need to be careful because, you know, when, when the guys are coming along and their, their instrument starts to go beep, 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 you know, the, it'll probably ringing the loudest here in the middle and then it got to beep, 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 decays again. So the, the, you know, how, how wide is it? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and if you're going to attach any sort of size to it, you need a, you need a, you know, you need a length, you need a width and you need a thickness. And, and the other missing component here, Matthew, is how thick is it? You know, if I can go back to this plate, uh, did I? No, I didn't put in the uh, the actual, I've got a section of the, the Maxwell plate model. And so you can see the 3D plate in, in, in 3D space. But, you know, our geophysicist is very, very careful to point out that you know, we're only seeing the top. That's what's given us the response. Um, the fact that it's giving us such a strong response tells us there is potentially some thickness to it. But how thick that is? Well, I'll know in probably by the 7th or 8th of February. <laughs> at, at which point... Uh, you know, uh, the, the back of the envelope geologist can use a density of 3.3 and have at her. Figure out how big this thing potentially is, but I, I can't comfortably come up with any kind of a, a number at the moment. No, that's reasonable. I think, yeah, like you say, one 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 axis of a three dimensional space is a difficult thing to try to get a try to get a, an estimate on there. I think, as you say, that we, I mean, we're it's just exciting. We're on the cusp of knowing right and so everyone's just kind of eager to know just what the heck is going on down there and there's a lot of eyes on this story uh so no i think I mean, that, that kind of covers it we, we've done a decent job of you know we've got the map up people understand where you're going when i mean the, the i think the name of the game here is that it's going to be a fluid and, and dynamic situation as as you as you pull core to the ground but and maybe like i say i've just got a kind of some grab big questions to end this 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 conversation here and i think when you already answered here i think it's critical and i'll, I'll you know i'll I can create a timestamp and I'll, I'll timestamp this for, for the answer, but you've already answered it to the positively that you will be using Borehole EM live during the drill campaign, right? We've talked this before and you kind of uh, bemoaned that you had to come in after the fact to use it, right? And if only you'd had that, that live sort of approach, it would have just helped things so immensely. Uh, that That is the case, right? Yes, that you'll be using it. Oh, absolutely. Live. Yeah. Oh, it, it would be, it would be just very, very foolish for us not to have, the borehole EM crew there because, you know, if, if I mean, two things, um, you know, we're, we're, we're helicopter supported. So, you know, my, now that's conversation for another day, but eventually I'm looking forward to uh, limiting the use of helicopter. But so we, we've got to go out there. We got to drill a pad. We got to build a, build a pad and then we got to put the drill on there. So we're going to be, you know, 400 to, well, they just say 450 to 500 meters of drilling. So that drill is going to be there for a few days. And if we're successful, we might want to just stay right there and swing the azimuth 
20 degrees and say, well, you know, the borehole EM is suggesting that, uh, you know, off-hole conductivity is potentially a little bit stronger north, or maybe it's a little bit stronger south. So before we make the bold move of saying, okay, well, let's go 50 meters along strike and try again, I'd be a little bit more inclined to attempt a second hole from the original pad and and then, you know, borehole EM that again. And, and if we're, you know, if, if we're getting comfortable with the signal that we are uh, seeing in the borehole EM, well, then maybe it's time to pick it up and, and move it down, uh, you know, 50 meters or, or get really aggressive and go 100 meters. But and, and the borehole EM is, is like, you know, you're, you're, it'd just be ludicrous not to maximize that tool. And so this, this kind of dovetails nicely into a couple other questions I have. I mean, so I want to talk about XRF. You know, I had a good conversation a couple of weeks back about oftentimes you see, you know, especially I mean, obviously not, not on a porphyry style, right? That would be a little ridiculous. But at XRF, you'll see companies, you know, before assays, they think they've got something good. They'll release XRF. They'll release core photos. They'll, they'll, they'll give kind of, the, kind of that, that teaser to the market. And you've expressed reluctance to me. Uh, in terms of sharing that sort of information, do you just want to explain why we might not see that publicized? Because I'm sure some people, I mean, you know, retail investors love them quite often, right? But obviously sometimes there's a danger to them as well. Do you just want to kind of explain your rationale? Yeah, yeah. No, and um, no, I'm glad you asked. And, and uh, you know, Fathom Nickel, <laughs> we, we did put out a news release uh, uh on, on XRF results, I, I had a good conversation with the uh, Securities Commission, and they said, "Well, yeah, you know, if you do this, you do this, and you state that, and you state this, uh, that's fine." And I actually inquired with some uh, colleagues of mine, a little bit more senior than myself, and they said, "Well, you know, yeah, you know, if you do it in such a way." But the important thing, Matthew, is, um, yeah, if you had a solid piece of copper and you put the XRF there and you put the XRF there, you'd probably get the same response from the XRF. But if you have a piece of core that you're seeing interstitial um, net textured style of mineralization, the nickel value is dependent on where you put the beam. And what we do is every meter down the hole, the geotech takes an XRF reading, and then we focus in on zones where we have mineralization so that we can kind of reconcile what the XRF is relative to the, the real assay. And we, 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 you know, we, we have heaps and heaps and heaps of data, but there's no magic number that, you know, they're, they're not one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that, that, that's the point I'm going to try and make. So if you, if you put something out and you're saying, well, we've got 4% nickel, and then the assay comes back at 0 0.7, hmm. you're starting to look a little bit like a clown. And I know for a fact that there's been some XRF press releases that have not been followed up with the real number, hmm. uh, which is a no-no. Hmm. But I mean, I think that explains that uh, you know what XRF said and what the real lab said were not one and the same. So 
I'm reluctant to do it. And, and I wish I had a picture of the, uh, I mean, we use it. And, and, and I think I've said to you before, Matthew, I, I find it, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to recognize the horizons at Albert Lake, at Rottenstone. We're starting to recognize the horizons that host the ultramafix and, and the pegmatites and a few other things that were, uh, and this is where the XRF is very, very useful because we start recognizing the geochemistry. And when we start recognizing the geochemistry, you know, if, if you have a, um, a hole that has not intersected ultramafic rock, but yet the geochemical signature is telling you that you might not be far off, that is where the XRF is very, very valuable. I'm not going to be releasing XRF numbers because I just think it uh, potentially gets me in a whole lot of trouble and makes me look like a bit of an idiot. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> don't need the help sometimes. Yeah, that's how I feel some days. I, uh, so if it comes to, I mean, if I can just boil this down, I mean, I think that, uh, that uh, if you've ever listened to Ian speak, and I mean, obviously, I think this is, this is a testament just right now, this, this whole conversation is that you're deliberate technically proficient and you're in pursuit of a good science. And if I can kind of, you know, give the, 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 the layman's elevator, the elevator pitch version of what you've all explained is that it's just not good science, right? That there's too much variability. That, you know, you look at it from a securities perspective that, that they could kind of get you in hot water, make you look like a fool with the market, but then also just, it, it's just not a reliable enough uh, mechanism to, to be released in a vacuum to the market to be played with the games of telephone, I suppose. Is that kind of a fair, fair summation? Yeah. 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 So maybe now I'll just, uh, will, will we see core photo? Is that, how is that, how do you feel about core photo? Uh, absolutely. No, I, I, you know, I, I think that's uh, um, worked well for us and um, um, you know, the, the, you know, we'll, we'll be able to recognize Pentlandite when we see it. And uh, you know, if we see, uh, net textured mineralization, uh, you know, rotten stone style net textured mineralization in this very first drill hole, uh, we'll, we'll start feeling pretty good about ourselves. And, and then, you know, but my, my one caveat there too, uh, Matthew, is, uh, you know, nickel tenor at Bay Island Trend and nickel tenor at the rotten stone uh, were, were, were slightly different. So, you know, we, we, we just have to be so, so careful because I mean, this this can be a cruel business. <laughs> you know, just your excitement and your anticipation based on visuals, and then you get the numbers, and it's like, well, oh, you know. So, <laughs> bit of a rug we'll, uh, No, I, I, I think, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I certainly think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll maximize the being able to use core photos, uh, potentially, uh, you know, some borholium results. Um, uh, you know, we've got, we've got an audience and that's fantastic. Um, you know, people want to know and, and uh, uh, we, we want to demonstrate that we're doing a good thing and, and uh, there should be quite a bit of news flow in the, in the next several months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, on the cusp of exciting times here. So I think honestly, I'm kind of scrolling through my, my own little roster of questions here. We come down to the final two. And I think that the one is up on the board right now that there's conversations around getting a camp built, right? I mean, we're just trying to drive costs down. Right. So will we see, I just see on the right-hand side, obviously it's up, right. That says you've, you've submitted permits for the camp. Is this the turnaround time where we'll see a camp this year for Goshager or is that a next or a next drill campaign sort of thing? Yeah, that that um, yeah, completely separate than the 
the Rotten Stone project. Um, it, it's it's a little bit complex. It's just going to be a lot easier to do this in the in the summertime and under the umbrella of this uh, expiration permit that allows us to explore in the entire twenty two thousand hectares. All in one fell swoop. No, fair enough. And so then, and so final question then, uh, just the financing, right? So I mean, obviously two thirds of the dollars are closed, right? The kind of the Canadian or the, the flow through version of Canadian is closed. Still waiting on the, 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 the tail end million and a half bucks, hard dollars and charity or whatever. But any update there? I mean, in terms of will you will you hit the max? When do you expect it to close, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, we're, we're um, you know, even today we've been approached um, this this thing is open and uh, there continues to be interest. Um, uh, the f- folks that have um, you know organized charity flow throughs have indicated that we could still use that particular avenue. Uh, so right now it's just a question of um, um, adding up all that has been uh, expressed to us in terms of interest, and and we're quite confident that that will get us to the uh, uh, the four and a half million as we originally announced. And um, probably get that closed up. Uh, I, I don't see it happening this week, but uh, potentially next week we'll get that all final, and then the final T's crossed and I's dotted, and and away we go. Yeah, and I, you you just triggered. I, I, this is a question I had for, I had thought of, and I lost it in the midst in the midst of, of our conversation. But uh, what's it, just meters per day? What do we expect? Right. So it's it sounded like it's going to go faster than I was anticipating. What's the meters per day that you're as an as average sort of target? I've always found with a helicopter supported program, if one uses six, excuse me, sixty meters. It doesn't sound like a lot, but 60 meters a day, 60 to 80 meters a day, uh, that brings in all the time required. You know, the hole's been shut down. You survey the hole, you tear everything down, and then you fly it to the next location. Hmm. It's just the time in between shutdown and startup of the next one is all in that uh, uh, 60 to 80 meter average. Yeah, so it won't take long, right? I mean, that's you're talking week, week and a half of, of drilling to get these these things done. And now I guess this is a natural follow through, and then this will be the end. Is uh, do you have a notion of turnaround time for 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 labs, right? So if we kind of pretend that you know week and a half times five, you got you know call it six weeks or so, eight weeks of of drilling to be had uh, at Albert Lake. What's the turnaround time for labs from there? Yeah, best case scenario, uh, you know, labs are, are continuing to say four to six weeks. Uh, so we finish our drilling uh, the first week of March at Albert Lake. Uh, you know, some core will have been delivered to the lab by then. Uh, the second batch, if you will, will get to the lab by the middle of March. Uh, six weeks hence is the end of uh, April. Uh, Gosher, um, you know, we start that up middle of March, uh, take that into, uh, you know, the first week of April. Um, again, you know, there will have been a batch delivered halfway through, but the second batch, uh, call it, uh, first week, yeah, April. So that puts us into, you know, towards the end of May. So end of April, end of May, we will probably seeing the results of uh, both drill programs.
Not long, eh? No, that's exciting. Exciting stuff. Uh, exciting Q1, Q2 here. So final thoughts, Ian? Let's just pass it off to you. Anything that you wanted to, to touch on that maybe I missed? Uh, no, no, Matthew. No, just, you know, thanks for doing this. Um, you know, I, I like to think that um, Fathom's, a, a, you know, a transparent company. There, there's obviously things that we can't put out to the public, but I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of the audience that you have uh, generated. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy these uh, uh, conversations, these, these uh, one-on-ones and, and being able to hopefully, you know, it's, uh, you know, you try and put as much as you can in a press release, but <laughs> by, by the time you get to page two, most of the eyeballs are rolling up into the back of the head. So these, these sorts of things, uh, I think hopefully, uh, give a little better uh, understanding to the audience of what it is we're doing. And, uh, you know, I wish it was easy, but it's not. It's it's certainly challenging. Uh, but I think we're in a pretty u- unique situation where, you know, things have stacked up beautifully. And, and uh, <laughs> one thing remains and we'll, we'll know very, very soon. No, I think I, I well, I'll kind of echo what you said. I, I appreciate your time, and you are transparent, and and, and I always appreciate. It. I always, I learn an immense amount whenever I sit down with you here. It is always a kind of take me to school kind of moment here. So, no, thank you, Ian, for your time, and uh, good luck. And I'll I'll see you in the on the frozen Canadian Shield here in a few weeks' time. I'll be up there. We'll be so if we can we can meet in the. We'll be nice. It won't be cold. We won't be in minus forty. It'll be nice and warm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Ian. Have a good day. Look forward to it. Thank you yeah. very much, Matthew. Thanks. Bye.